Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. The world keeps spinning round and round. You're too early or you're too late. Can't make it there. That's okay. You're doing great. The voices in your head are kind of jerks. Don't mind them. You're making it work. Win or lose, rock or suck. Here we are. We showed up. You're doing great, 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 great. Try your best. Keep it real. Making room for. You're doing great. Uh, hello, it's Laura Von Holt, fairy boss, mother, author, entrepreneur, cool person, lady with a lot going on. Um, good morning. <laughs> so I have just returned from Europe. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. You know a fancy person who goes to Europe. Um, and uh, I have jet lag, which means I'm like an actual morning person today. Like I woke up before the sun and then I went outside to my beloved Hudson River. Uh, and while I was in Europe, I was in London and I was in Paris. And in London and in the UK, I was on a writing retreat where, thank the Lord, I finished um, the Halloween story that I... I'm going to be releasing and I probably will have just released it when you hear this. Um, it's called Pumpkin Pounder. Yeah, you're welcome everybody. Pumpkin Pounder. Um, I am a woman who likes redheads. Some people call them gingers, as do I, because I like that word. But I think it, it might not be a nice word, but I, I don't know. But anyway, I love me some redheads. Um, and I found out that the word Pumpkin Pounder uh, <laughs> reflected someone who... Um, likes to hook up with redheads and I was like that's gonna be an awesome title for a story also it was a Halloween story you know pumpkins mm -hmm, that works out um so anyway I had a lot and a lot of trouble writing this but I complained a lot about it while I was writing it because I thought that I was just gonna write a short story and it's gonna be part of a series of um, short stories set in New York City um, that are or mainly set in New York City that are like kind of fairy tale remixes so they mix up some pop culture or some fairy tales um, and they're definitely have some lots of steamy material and they're just they're short and fun and also like very sweet and, and feature I've, I realized I have um I have a type I can write and I'm just leaning into that um some people write for like the heroes they write you know like grumpy alpha guys um or like super yeah bossy billionaires or they're really good at writing um like cinnamon roll heroes which are guys who are like just kind of all soft in the center and um I don't write cinnamon roll heroes I I realized I write love muffins they're just lovely men uh who are just just lovely they just love muffins and they're really into the very batty women which I pair them with and gee I wonder where I get that idea hold please for helicopter morning helicopter um, anyway, so I thought that was going to be a short story, and as I was writing, it just got longer and longer and longer, and I was like, jeez. So what I thought was going to be a 4,000-word short story ended up being nearly 19,000 words, um, which is a novella length. Um, so it took me a lot longer. Uh, so the things that I learned while writing this, um, a few practical things, um, because I, uh, in 2018, I had like a another bout of writer's block and I took this amazing class from a woman called Becca Syme and it's called um, Write Better Faster uh, and it, that's all a total trick because um, you learn that there's not like writing better faster in any one way there's just writing 
better and faster as yourself. Um, she has a great book called Dear Writer, You Need to Quit and a couple other things. So definitely check her out. But anyway, so one of the things I learned from taking her class was that I um, am an external processor and that also I'm not like, I'm more of an intuitive processor. And uh, so I don't do like a whole lot of analysis and strategy in like a spreadsheet kind of way. So what I started doing is I kept a process journal. So every day when I wrote, I'd write down what I worked on, how I felt, like what helped, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I've been paying attention more and more to what happens to me while I write so that I can kind of hone in on what makes it go better. <laughs> um, so just for the writers that are listening to this, these are the things that helped me. If they help you, try them. If they don't help you and that's not how your brain works, that is okay. Um, go do what works for you because I want you to be the best that you are. So things that worked for me are number one, I just, I wrote out of order. So if I had an idea for a scene or like a sentence or a feeling, I just started there and then I would skip around and write something else. Um, so I wrote out of order. I also learned that I had like an arc of a plot in my head and I followed that. But then, um, I realized what also helped was that just before I would start writing, I would sketch down the emotional beats of the scene. Like they're going to feel this, they're going to feel that, they're going to feel that. And that works for me because I'm high empathy and I always start with a, I really pretty much start with kind of like a loose concept and like, or like a joke or something that I think is funny and interesting to write about, but I can't, but that's just like the idea in my head. The part where like the writing comes from is always emotional is has an emotional connection. So I would write down the emotional things that they needed to feel. And then I would write that scene. And you know, that's good for me because romance is high on emotion. So nailed it, found my niche. Um, and then the other thing that really helped was Spotify has a playlist called nineties love ballads. And every time I played that playlist, I wrote so much and I was so good at writing. And so, um, that also probably works because nineties love ballads are like super high on emotion. Um, also they tap into like whatever, like uh, angsty love feelings I had in the nineties when I was like, you know, that's when I was a teenager. So I think it just taps right into like fantasy and uh, like emotion and like ideas of love and like the first stirrings I ever had. I think that's, I think that's why it works for me, but also just cause like, fuck yeah, nineties love ballads are awesome. Um, so that worked for me. Um, and the other thing that I have to keep reminding myself is that everything takes two to three times longer than I think it will. So I keep making these schedules that I can't keep because I think it's going to just take a certain amount of time and my process is longer. So just give yourself the time, future Laura, and don't stress out. OMG. Okay. So those are the practical things that I did. Um, but I want to talk about what I also really learned and where I think this applies to whether or not you read pumpkin pounder. I hope you do. It's a funny story. Like it's based on all of these Halloween parties that I went to. Um, and it's got this like very funny woman who's kind of like, well, this will make sense later, but like a Samantha in the sex, sex in the city, like very sexually assertive. She loves her some pumpkins. There's this filthy talking hot Irish guy, um, that she meets and this Halloween party, um, where they meet and, and it's, it's funny and also it's sweet. And I, like I said, there's a lot of feelings in it. Um, lots of feels. So yeah, I was writing that and I thought I was just kind of going to go on that one track of like, oh, they meet at this party. There's some like hot public makeouts and some other stuff. Um, and then when I was skipping around, I started writing some like a little stuff that was a little bit deeper. Um, and so I want to talk about that stuff because whether or not you read it, this might, uh, 
this might be helpful to you. Um, but so I, I realized as I was writing this that, um, so I believe that every writer is writing about several things at once, which I mean, no shock there. Like everything that you read always has themes and metaphors that are bigger than just what the basic plot is. Um, there's archetypes that fall in. There's, there's always things we're talking about besides just like they went to a party and they made out. Um, and for me, what I have noticed is that what I am kind of always writing about, no matter what I do, is some sort of journey of the self, of self-actualization, of self-acceptance, of, um, of learning to know yourself and get to know yourself and like accepting that and leaning in. And a lot of, like, I don't have a whole lot of high conflict. Like there's not robbers chasing them and all that. Like I can't, I just get too nervous when people are in danger. Like I like to watch it on TV, but I just can't, I can't write it. I get too nervous for them. Um, but the kinds of things that I'm interested in are like internal emotional conflicts um, and the ways in which we present ourselves in the world that don't actually work for us. And that's probably part of my own emotional journey as well. So you're welcome. I process that on the page. So one thing that I was really talking about at Pumpkin Pounder as I was writing it was... Um, have to talk about sex in the city to make this make sense okay so you know i was setting these people are younger than i am um and i'm talking about a like a time a lot of a time in your life um when you're really figuring it out and like one of the things that i love part of this book is a love letter to new york because i love the way you can like put on identities in new york and then discard them and the ways in which you can't like new york immediately kind of confronts you with what what's working what's not working and like new york will call you out um um but also it will give you room to to be whatever you need to be at that moment um, and so when I first moved to the city, it was like the height of sex in the city. Like, like people took the quizzes about whether you were a Carrie, a Samantha, a Miranda or a Charlotte. Like they took them so seriously, like in the way that people identify with Harry Potter houses, like, like you were serious about whether you were a Samantha or a Miranda. And because I like this was in the atmosphere when I was out of college and like, you know, also a single girl in the city. I think I took this very seriously. I don't know if everybody else took this very seriously, but there was something about it that like helped. Like I was like, in reality, I was just like a girl trying to figure it out. Like, what am I going to do? What's my career? How am I going to make my dreams happen? Like, what am I doing with my life? And, and it was like helpful to have this idea that maybe I could be like a Carrie or a Samantha and, that if I just like did that then I could figure it out because they figured it out on TV I don't know um I don't think this is very a conscious process but this is what was going on um so you know in writing this I was thinking a lot about like the identities that we present and the identities that we the identities that we latch on to um and a couple things are happening like I was writing a sexually aggressive character and and that was interesting because I have I had to walk a line because like okay I'm gonna blame the patriarchy here the patriarchy does not leave a whole lot of room for like women to be complex I think we all know this right so it's like if I'm writing a sexually aggressive character then she has to be just like Samantha where she has to be like oh I just want it when I want it and like I have no feelings whatever um like that was a big theme on sex in the city was having sex like a man and the thing that I was writing about was like 
I didn't want to slut shame my character because I was like, yeah, girl, go get your redheads. Yeah. Um, but I also was writing about how we can latch on to an identity and, and be, because our culture doesn't leave a whole lot of room for complexity in those identities, then we can get really into just being this one way and doing this one thing and not leaving room for all of the complexity of emotion within us. So I had this character who was like, um, you know, like she's super good at sleeping with redheads and I'm proud of her for it. Um, but also then she meets one who kind of makes her feel different things. And that's confusing because, uh, she's only supposed to, she thinks she's only like into just like having sex with redheads and leaving them and then doing other things. Um, and so I was having this weird thing of like, try not to slut shame my own character while also like leaving room for her emotional growth. (laughs) That was hard. I don't know if I succeeded. Hopefully I did. Um, and the, the, where I like really got into this, um, is that I remember like for myself, especially like right after college, it was like, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I was just like kind of terrified all the time. And so it was like, sure, I'll be like a Samantha and I'll walk around like this and I'll, and I'll chase these goals and I'll chase these men and like, blah, 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 blah. And then, so, but then some, something that will just work out for me. Right. And it can get really confusing. I think this, I want to say that I've solved this problem because I don't think that I have it all, but it can get very confusing because there are times in your life where you're like, okay, I'm doing this one thing and I'm doing it this way and then it's going to work out for me. Um, and then, and then at some point something doesn't quite work out for you and it can be really jarring to realize that there are kind of multitudes within us (laughs) that we, um, that we actually have more complexity to what we want and that we don't know what we want all the time and that our wants and our desires change and it's confusing because especially for women we live in a society where it's like a madonna whore thing and we think we've solved all these problems with feminism but we haven't um and so the character that i was writing was struggling with realizing she wanted something different but not knowing how to reconcile that with the identity that she had given to herself that made her feel like she had it together um because also those identities that we ascribe to ourselves can help us feel like we have things together when we don't have them together. And the like real work is acknowledging when you don't have things together and working through that and making room for like the, the, the whole self. Um, I don't know if any of this is making sense, but it really, I think I had to write a lot about this because it reminded me uh, from myself and from my friends of times in my life where I thought that I, if I just played this one part for myself, then I would feel like I had it together and that everything would be okay. And what has actually made me okay and made me happier was when I could drop that and allow room for other parts of myself and allow myself to be confused and go through that, that terrible work of not knowing really who you are. Um, but dropping at least some of those ideas of who you thought you were that aren't really working for you. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's why I had to write 19,000 words instead of 4,000 words. And probably I could have written more, but I just stopped. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what your relationship status is, but my other 
big belief in life is that the most important relationship in our life is with ourselves and that's probably why all my romances are really just journeys of self-actualization like the 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 partner in it is always just a metaphor (laughs) there you go that's my secret i just write metaphors i don't write men um but yeah so it's interesting to me that i thought i was writing this like cute little sexy story about meeting this hot guy on halloween and then what i actually wanted to write was um about a woman learning to um make room for the parts of herself that wanted things beyond one night that wanted um to be met where she was um I also wrote within some of the sex scenes, like a couple of anxiety, um, not attacks, but like moments of anxiety, which I don't know. I don't really read those in sex scenes a lot. And it was hard to make something like erotic while also have someone like acknowledge that they were like, um, struggling with focusing during sex or struggling with, um, staying in the moment and like second guessing themselves. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I was successful at any of those guys, but I wrote it. I also wrote my first therapy scene, which um, I don't really read a lot of therapy scenes in books. I mean, I'm sure they're out there and I hope they are, but so anyway, I thought I was writing this little sexy story and what I wrote was um, a girl who just needed a little time and an opportunity to think about what she really wanted and to get to know herself a little bit more. Um, And I want to give a shout out to my past self and I want to give a shout out to my current self. I want to give a shout out to really uh, like young women who are just out of college, entering the workforce, um, trying to figure out what they want from their life, from their relationships, from themselves, from their careers. Um, It is not easy. It is so hard. And there's so much, there's so much stuff that people tell you, you will need to be successful. And so much of it is just wrong (laughs) and unnecessary. Um, And I hope that if you are in a moment where you are feeling like there's only one way for you to be, and that's the only way that you will be okay, I want you to know that I believe there's more than one way for you to be it's okay for it to take time for you to figure it out. It's okay to not know what you want and then to figure it out later. Um, but I just, I want you to know that your job for yourself is getting to know yourself better and that's where you will be okay. No one else's idea of you will help you be okay. So you don't have to follow those ideas. That's it. So that's what I learned from writing my sexy Halloween story. And if you want to read it, I hope you will. Um, Because that hot Irish guy I wrote is like super hot. And I love love muffins. I'm a love muffin and you're a love muffin. Okay, this is really long. Okay. Please read my book if you want to. Please be happy. Please know yourself. Please be kind to yourself. You're doing great. Oh, um, P.S. In case you were wondering, I every time I took one of those quizzes, I was totally a Samantha. Um, sometimes I was a Carrie, but mainly I was a Samantha. And I'm not ashamed to be a woman of sexual appetite or a woman of appetite in general. But I also know that um, um, 
there's more to life than being a Samantha. Um, and I resent that I had to be put in a box. But the thing I don't resent is that all of the internet quizzes tell me I'm a Hufflepuff. And I think that's a fine thing to be. So, shout out to Hufflepuffs and people who are more than Samanthas. You are more than a Samantha. Samantha's great. Actually, Samantha is really great. She takes rejection really well, and there's something to learn from that. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. I love you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend or leave a review. You can find me anytime at fairybossmother.com or on Instagram. I'm at Laura Von Holt. You can also find the show notes for every episode and join the You're Doing Great email list where you'll get behind-the-scenes information and extra enthusiasm at fairybossmother.com. Catch you next time, and remember, you're doing great.